Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Desi Sportscast. Um, you might think I'm alone here, but I'm not. I've got a very special guest joining the show in this in a few minutes, in a few seconds actually. But before I bring him in, just wanted to uh, wish all of our viewers, supporters, and those of you who download the postcard uh, podcast a very happy New Year, and wish you all a safe and fantastic 2022. And um, it's a great show to start off the new year with. This is our third year now, um, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we're going to be speaking to a fan from the state that officially, I think, is the only state that calls uh, football its official sport, which is fantastic. I wish more sport uh, states would get on board with this idea. Uh, But let's uh, bring him into the show and get the conversation started and learn a lot more about what's happening in his part of the world. So it's a really warm welcome for the first time to Samir. Hello, Samir. How are you, my friend? Hello. I'm good. I'm all good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Happy New Year, my friend. Yeah, wish you the same. Best of wishes. And uh, obviously, being, uh, just to confirm, you live in the beautiful state as well? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm from Goa. So, I mean, people flood there for New Year's Eve and what have you, but you live there, so you experience it every single year. It must be amazing. Although, the last couple of years, it might have been different to the previous New Year's Eves. It's amazing. At the same time, it's dangerous too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've still got to be careful. I mean, I, I'm living in a country now at the moment where we're having our third wave, fourth wave. I've lost count. Uh, but it's not looking too good out here at the moment, especially when you look at the figures. But it's something that we've got to live with, I suppose. No matter how many boosters we get, it's something you have to be careful of, about moving forward. And it's going to be part of our lives for the next few years. So let, let's try and deal with it. But let's get on to more uh, uh, cheerful things and talk about our favourite sport. One of our favourite sports in my case, but football. And obviously, I just mentioned that it's, I think, the only state that mentions that football is their official sport, which is fantastic. And whenever you think of sport, uh, football in particular, Goa is one of the names that comes up. Um, Just tell us a little bit about first uh, what it's like living there in that sort of environment where you grow up with football. Yeah, what uh, you have uh, begun with is absolutely true. Uh, You can see football and read football everywhere here. Uh, you can find a ground, maybe, you know, every two or three kilometers, you go, you start playing football since the very beginning, since your childhood. So, you know about the game, you hear about the game, you see the game every day. And that's what uh, we go on about, like, football is a main staple, staple game. And is that, I know people often separate North and South Goa, but I suppose football is across the board. Yes, yes, it's across the board. And I, I know you're proudly wearing the Gore shirt, and we will come on to what's happening with the Gores this current season. But let's talk about football in Goa and learn a little bit more because it is a breeding ground of a lot of our national players. And um, my co-host, who's not joining us today, is is busy with work, uh, Nevin, and he's based in Kerala. So every time he puts his camera on, I'm very jealous of his background. Uh, but it could be the same for you as well if if you're outside and showing me some glimpses of Goa. But um, tell us a little about the structure of football and how you perceive it. Because what we what we talk about often on this show is about the lack of structure in the states. It doesn't develop talent, doesn't support talent. Um, 
what about in goal considering it's the official sport football uh, you can uh, see among various age groups like for example tempo salgaonkar there are many uh, you know the older clubs you know they have a structure i wouldn't say it's the best structure or the most developed structure but yeah they do have it they do promote football at various levels you can see the under 14 16 then you can see the under 18 21 you can even find goa in recent years like you can find them in under 18 then under 21 then we have our reserve team that plays in gpl they have even won it around 2 or 3 years back so that's a good sign and then we have uh, taka league the police cup um there are many many uh, uh, football leagues happening all around the age groups you know in goa and you grew up you mentioned some of the historical names of not just goa football but indian football tempo churchill salgaonkar um just to name a couple there uh, but um is interest in european football which is what i always find interesting is it big there in goa people follow uh european clubs particularly epl clubs epl clubs it's true but uh, the names that you have mentioned about the older clubs from goa i'm a bit from the later generation like you know i have missed it because i hear from people that it was crazy back in the past like people used to flood the stadiums you know there used to be the salset part of goa for salgaonkar <coughs> and the northern part for dempos so mainly uh, i can be wrong but this is what i've heard that it used to be crazy people used to you know even go for the away games uh, in they used to hire buses tracks and what not yeah it used to be really crazy and i have even heard that you know there used to be like cursing and what not uh, in the games like because people used to you know uh, get involved in betting and it was a bit of like uh, some of them had its uh, their family involved for example churchill brothers so it was a bit of more personal but nowadays uh, you don't find it they need to come back yeah absolutely they 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 do and we'll talk about whether they are going to come back and follow the goals like you do um and if it's always it just a younger generation the generation that's coming through that supporting fc goa um or whether you are seeing older people now wearing that uh, orange jersey a lot more um but in terms of the older clubs i mean they i mean if if i remember rightly they won the first five or six i leagues so you had the champion club from goa and um it, it was huge so i don't know if older supporters have told you what it was like the transition from going from the i league to the isl were they happy with that move considering they were dominating indian football there was all, they were always challenging for the i league they absolutely don't like it they don't <laughs> like it at all so you will often say uh, see people the older people like you know cursing isl you know some of them even don't like fc goa they really you know they're not happy. yeah you know especially not the new generation particularly the older ones so they're not very happy they say that it's money oriented because yeah uh, some part of it is true because isl is mostly franchise franchise based so it's true and also it does not have a promotion and relegation and i assume that was the major reason why tempo and salgaon were pulled out of the national system so hopefully things get better from next year when uh, we are going to have the system back the road map back yeah and there's something that we've been crying out for relegation and promotion to the ISL 
Um, and obviously, Churchill Brothers are competing in the Iron League at the moment. Um, it's sad that it's been um, postponed for a week or so. Hopefully, that's as much as uh, maximum it's postponed due to COVID. Um, and that might be a route way. Do you see other clubs then taking an interest in joining the ISL through that roadmap of playing the qualifiers and joining the Iron League and hopefully getting promotion? Do you see the clubs being interested in that, the older clubs? Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. I think it, it is about time they are going to come back, especially Dempo, I think, because uh, I'm not so sure about it, but I have this gut feeling. And I've even um, had this, uh, some news is even making waves, but maybe let's see what happens. And in terms of uh, the rivalry, and you mentioned it was big rivalry, uh, what are the two games or... Is it three games or four games that are really big there in Goa in, um, whenever a couple of clubs play? Yeah, it should be, especially Salgaukar and Dempo. It's a big game. Like, I I think and it is Salgaukar from the south and Dempo from the north. So it was something like that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's a game to look out for. Hopefully that will rival... If there's anything yeah. that can rival the Kolkata derby, and we know how that's gone at the moment, it's not the best rivalry of what it used to be, but historically it was incredible. But that's something I'll look into, um, something new to me in terms of the rivalry in Goa. Um, when did you start supporting the Goals? Was it a natural choice? The Goals? Uh, since day one. Yeah, since day one. Yeah, it was a natural choice. I suddenly found a hobby in football. And this was just, it took me away with it. And I'm still flowing away. And it's unfortunate for you guys, in a way, that the closed-door ISL is being held in your beautiful state for the past two years, but you can't go to any of the games. That must be really hurting. Yeah, that's so frustrating. But uh, we try our best, you know, to make a presence felt. Uh, what we do is, uh, every home game, at Fatorda, at Vasco, or at um, Tilak, we make sure that some of our boys, you know, make our presence felt at the entrance at least. So we wave our flag, show our banners, uh, then we try to attend training sessions. So yeah, uh, you know, as Ravi said, uh, club director, that even your slightest presence means the world to us, and that's what uh, we aim to do because yeah. we love the club. We'll talk about Ravi in a bit, in, a, in the show as well because he he likes. Twitter and uh, it's good that he communicates and it'll be good to know what he's like as an owner or uh, certainly one of the uh, leading figures in the club um, but just uh, in terms of not being there as a support uh, well I should ask you do you follow an EPL club no I follow a Spanish club Real Madrid Oh, right. Okay. Not Barcelona, which is good because I was going to say that's not the best team to follow at the moment. Um, yeah. I suppose our friendship will continue now that you're saying you don't follow an EPL club. So hopefully I can get you on board with my club, which is Leicester City. Uh, but yeah, I, I live in the city and been following them for a long, long, long time. I've had a season ticket for ages. But one of the things was really hard during the lockdown was not being able to go to the stadium, knowing they're playing just down the road and not being able to go there. I mean, we weren't even allowed to go near the stadium. Um, you know, people just avoided crowds and what have you, and there was restrictions, police restrictions. So for yourselves, you have to limit it to watching it on TV. That must, that has got to be tough for a football fan for two years. I don't think any other league has been clo behind closed doors for this long. as uh, the second season for the ISL as well. 
Yeah, but what I can't get my head around is uh, they play cricket in the na- uh, nation, but they can't do the same for football. So that doesn't make sense. But at the same time, I feel what they're doing is uh, correct because you see ISL is in, in terms of COVID situation. We rarely have uh, any, I don't think uh, we have had any uh, problems, maybe uh, one or two cases, but for two years now, it has been really well maintained and so strict. <coughs> And yeah, I mean, that's what you can say, that the bubble is seems to be working and they seem to be managing it, which is a big plus for the uh, Federation and the way they've managed this, or the ISL anyway. Um, so that's a big um, uh, thumbs up to them in, in, in terms of how they're managing it. But prior to COVID, what was uh, match day like for you? Were you able to get uh, too many games? Uh, I don't miss a single game. I'm a season ticket holder. I travel to away games. Oh wow! And, yeah, so but it's not been the luckier part of me the away games. We have lost all the games that I've attended. Don't and give up, my friend. Don't give up. That has to change. Yeah, and sadly, one of them the final. Oh, that was heartbreaking. The semi-final. No, the finals. Oh right. Oh, you went to both of the finals as well. Uh yeah. The first final was in Mumbai and the second one was in Goa. Right, okay. Well, uh, just to give you an example, um, my club, Leicester, went to four finals, FA Cup finals, and we lost all of them. I was lucky enough to go to this year or last year's. So we won that and it was one of the... As a Leicester fan, we never dreamt of winning the league, but we did. But what we dreamt about was winning the FA Cup. Since a young boy, that's and everybody I know, every Leicester fan, that was the one dream we had was winning the FA Cup and it came through. So stick with your team. You, you, it, it will happen. It will happen. Uh, but how, how is match day normally for you? So if, if you're playing I'm, at home. Yeah, okay. So we usually flog the stadiums by 5 p.m. So For a 7.30 uh, kickoff. Yeah, for a 7.30 kickoff. Uh, so we have a block called as K block. And we always uh, sit in the east lower stand because I belong to a supporters club that is Ishlo Army. So we think or we have this in mind that the K block is lucky for us. So we try to go as early as possible and reserve that part for us. And then we have our friends coming, then we chat, we enjoy, then there's music before games. So we try to, you know, uh, show our moves then yeah that's what it is uh, we try to come as early as possible well where, wherever there are go on people there's always music and dancing and uh, it's always a good atmosphere and uh, part party atmosphere so i'll have to put that on my bucket list to come and join the uh is it the south lower south block army east lower east, east, east lower. lower block army i'll have to try and uh, put that on my bucket i will put it on the bucket list and see if i can take advantage of it and uh, sample it um, in terms of um, following the goals, and you've mentioned the heartbreaks over losing two uh, finals and the heartbreak of losing last year's playoffs to, on penalties as well. So, you know, you, you're, you have been through the mill, as it were, supporting this club, but you keep going. And um, one thing that your club is renowned for is producing talent and supporting young talent. Um, and you must have seen, you know, this development and one of the reasons why you support the, gl- the club passionately as you do? 
yeah uh, see what i have loved about this club is even though we may not be getting results uh, we are consistent we follow our model and we are not we are a strict budget team like we are not like pour pour the cash and get the best players we make players so that is what we fans appreciate so you may not win but you go down fighting so that was a feeling uh, last year because we were rebuilding we were a new team still we took them to the penalties so that's what we want to see we want the team to fight and it's not like we have not won we have won the league we have won the super cup we have won the duran cup yeah for the so, first time this year yeah absolutely yeah results will come people need to be patient and i think an example of that was that um, in the transfers you brought five or six players from the reserves into the first team i think that's yeah. a sign of the development that's going on in the club and the way it's being so even last year uh, fc goa has always been the only team which has the most local players in their squad so isl was mainly uh, initiated so that you develop your local players and that is what we have been doing we have some 14 or 16 players in our squad so that's the maximum number any team has but there are some teams okay i i will not take the names but they hardly have two or three of their actual local players so that's not development you just can't keep buying from here and there you need to have a setup and then you make players and then see the results and uh, we you mentioned him before but mr tandon um and he seems to be very keen on this routeway for the club and is it the forza goa foundation or something like yes. that that he's uh, set up what's he like um, because he he's very seems to be you know a very uh, um progressive sort of person and um seems open to communication with the fans telling him he seems to be very transparent yeah uh, he seems to be a good chap like uh, he and ravi they both seem to be you know more proactive they do a lot of work uh, they have tried their best in getting um, ultimately people are asking for a big tie up say for red bull so goa is a small market people are not being realistic about it so then again uh, we were talking about uh, akshay and uh, ravi they seem to have big ambitions because i don't know uh, if you have seen he recently shared on twitter the academy plans and they were quite impressive even ravi has been pulling out gems from all over the world so yeah they have been really good and is that part of the um Forza Goa Foundation, or is it something Forza, different? Forza Goa Foundation, basically, as far as I know, uh, they aim at uh, youth football. Like we have child groups playing in that. Basically, I guess it was around ten years. Ten years. Then they have uh, baby girl league. Then they have uh, women's football, Vedanta league. They participate in it. Then yeah, they make certain charity. Uh, uh, you know outcomes like yeah well i'm going to try and uh, get in touch with uh, mr tandon see if i can get him on the show we've had um, the owner of orisha on the show and it was a real eye opener speaking to him and uh, seeing his hearing his plans for um orisha fc and seeing how they're developing so it'll be good to see if we can get mr tandon on as well um but do you think the fc goa and the plans they have in place already and you've talked about youth football the baby leagues you talk about the women's football 
Do you think that will have an effect on the historical clubs? You know, we've mentioned hopefully that other clubs might, once the promotion relegation comes in, they might look at coming back into the national structure. Do you think that will affect them? Or are they, because of who they are backed by, you know, they're big businesses, they're backed Dempo and what have you, that they'll be fine? What I feel is going to happen is this impact, you know. It's going to be healthy for Goan football. Like, it's going to be, like, more competitive. More players will be, uh, you know, produced. Because all these four, five big clubs will be, like, you know, behind producing good players. And more and more youngsters will, you know, want to get involved in football. Uh, leaving cricket aside, more and more. Because they see good opportunities coming for them. Because more the number of clubs, more opportunities that you get. And more chances to get of playing professional football. So what I feel is it's going to have a positive impact. Yeah, obviously the more competition you have, hopefully, and the more openings young people have, they'll see a route way for them, um, and um, it'll just be good for Goa football. Um, and you've, t- you know, in terms of supporting the Goas, uh, you've mentioned, like I said again, the heartbreaks over the last few years, but last season. Um, and you've had successes. So, like you said, you know, you won the Durand Cup for the first time. You won the Shield uh, two years ago. Um, but as a supporter, um, when whenever we do the preview show, when the ISL starts, we always put Goa in the top four. You know, in the EPL, we have the top six. We feel Goa is always in the top four. Is that how you see them? Uh, to be honest, I had my predictions that they are going to finish top two. But uh, that's not how things end up always. In, well, I mean, when you when we started it, I mean, we put I didn't say go. We're going to finish in the top four. What, what we meant is that there's certain clubs that will always be in the playoffs. And you talk about ATK Mumbai, but you also include Goa in that, and Bengaluru. They're the traditional top four in 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 the league. Is that how you see the league? Apart from this season. And we'll come to this this season as well. Yeah, um, for next three or four years, or maybe longer period, that's going to be the structure because you see, uh, ATK Mohan Bagan and Mumbai City they have big investors, so obviously they are going to be ambitious and they are going to be in top four. FC Goa, we all know, we always give results, so we are going to be the third one. And fourth one, it depends because we see Hyderabad, they have a very very good model. So it's going to be Hyderabad, it's going to be Bengaluru. There are so many good teams. There's going to be Kerala. See, Kerala just lacks a big investor, you know. They are a very, very good team backed by amazing fans. So I think it's going to be competitive. Well, you've got them later on this evening. So we'll see if there is any sort of a gap between yourselves and the club from Kerala. Uh, But in terms of um, Goa, I mean, your club did us proud in the Champions League. Um, we thought they performed really well. What were your thoughts? We uh, we were not expecting those performances, but we were really really proud of our team. Like the way we played, you know, we were we looked confident rather than you know just sitting deep and playing out, just trying to survive over there. We gave them a tough time, and that's what makes us really proud of our team. And you did the nation proud because, you know, playing in that sort of level of football and um, apart from the uh, couple of results against the Iranian team, um, you really, and you could have won a couple of games as well uh, with a bit more luck. 
that, that you always need in these big competitions. Um, so let's move on to this season. And you felt that with the signings and with the way the club had finished last season, narrowly on penalties, missing out on the playoffs, you were looking for a top two position. But then the league didn't start off too well with three back-to-back defeats. Yes, uh, it was quite surprising, you know. I don't understand what went wrong because we had a pretty long preseason. We were like only among two or three teams that had a longer preseason. So we won the Duran Cup. We played better preseason matches, competitive matches. So we all of us expected the team to be more competitive and more complete. But uh, I don't know what really uh, went wrong there. Maybe the boys didn't have their mindset right. As one said, that it was more of a you know psychological uh, impact rather than the physical. So as you see now, players are playing better and better and better. Every game goes by, we are doing well. But only thing, the missing uh, piece of the puzzle is a striker who can finish. And I don't blame Aram because, you know, he had two starts. He scored two goals. And injuries are not helping him either. So I think the club needs to be a bit ambitious and go all out in the January transfer window. Just sign a striker and we'll do well. One of the surprises in that off-season was the club letting go of Pandita. What were your thoughts on that, a young Indian talent? I felt it was absolutely a right decision. Really? Because, yeah, it was. if you go to look at it uh, in all aspects, it was a right decision. See, uh, he asked for minutes. Okay, we gave him minutes in the Champions League. Mm. He was struggling. He was struggling, okay? And then we had Devendra coming up, okay? He showed his worth in the Duran Cup. He was the joint highest scorer. And when you get 60 legs and the player is not happy to stay, then why do you want to keep prisoners? So you let him go. You let him go if he's not happy. You take the money and that was really good money on him. Now, no offense to him. He does not start for Jamshedpur now. He wanted minutes, but he's not starting for them. So it feels like an absolute masterstroke by Ravi and team. Yeah, it's just that, you know, looking from the outside, um, you saw a young Indian striker uh, that was getting in some minutes with the national team, being let go by the team that's renowned for bringing up talent. But um, I see your point where you're coming from. But when you look at the squad and you look at some of the names, uh, you've got a brilliant young goalkeeper in Diraj. You've got the likes of Brandon, um, you know, uh, Sereton and um, then you had Glenn Martins who did incredibly well for the national team. Um, and then you brought in Dylan Fox as well. Um, so the squad was looking pretty strong already from the, uh, you know, going into the season. If you go to see our squad, overall squad <coughs> is like a top three, top four squad. Only things things are not uh, getting well for us. Our squad is really amazing. We just need a striker or maybe the right combination. I must say, and our squad is really good. We just need to get it sorted the right combination. Now, we have to talk about the main thing uh, that's happened in the last few weeks. What was worse, losing Coach Libero or Coach Fernandes? Uh, I must say Libero because he had things going in his ways. But at the same time, we felt that we needed a change. But what happened with Juan is uh, we have not had a much long time with him. 
so it didn't have that big impact but to answer your question it has to be lobera and do you think the way the season started and um i mean like i said you started the preseason really well winning the duran cup but do you think there were some issues in the dressing room um at the start of the season in the ISL yeah. with the results and uh, we just couldn't see the changes coming. We couldn't see what was going to turn around your season under uh, yes. Coach Fernandez. Yeah, there had to be problems, man. There had to be problems. Uh, three losses is not acceptable. There had to be problems. And now you're back to having, um, well, this time it's Coach Miranda in charge. Um, but just... Um, We'll talk about Coach Miranda and what your hopes are. Uh, but just talking about Mr. Uh, Coach Fernandez and him leaving, what was the feeling amongst Goan fans for the Gores? Were they angry? Uh, we were very not angry. We were disappointed because you had the team going, performing, getting better day by day, and then this abrupt decision, you know, just to you might say that it was not for money, but it does not make sense to leave your project midway. It was understandable if you get it in the beginning of the season or maybe at the end when the team is doing really bad. But midway when things were getting better, it's not acceptable. We were very disappointed. Because for me, living in England is very surprising. It doesn't happen. I can't remember the last time it happened where a manager from a top club goes to another top club during the season. It's just unheard of. Um, and the reaction in this country would have been really, really, you know, against that person. A lot of uh, uh, comments on social media and what have you. Um, and then what happens is that you play him managing ATK last week. And we had the show last week and we were saying whether the players would be high-fiving or hugging Fernandez because, you know, he was still saying that he still got a lot of love for going uh, FC Goa. Um, what were your thoughts? And what, what were the feelings on the day? No, no matter like how much you say that uh, you love your uh, former team and, uh, and why did you leave mid-season? Um, that doesn't make sense. Uh, then if you noticed after the game, or maybe I have missed it, he did not go to our dugout to shake hands maybe. He, I did not see him going there. Maybe he met Clifford. Okay, that's fine. He shook hands. But I think things were a bit salty between both camps so yeah it is what it is time to move on <laughs> it seems to be that uh, the goals are very forgiving and uh, you know it is what it is i think sums it up so what can you do when a coach wants to leave he's got a clause in his contract that allows him to leave um and i can see from the twitter that uh, mr tandon wasn't happy with the way things were done but you know it was out of his hands once the clause had been triggered you know you, like you said you can't keep a prisoner uh so it was a bit out of everybody's hands he, he... yeah obviously like you don't give your team uh time to make a decision time to convince you time to talk it out and suddenly on the final day, on Sunday, you tell the management, okay, that you want to leave. So that's not right. You need to give your, even though you have a buyout clause, you need to talk things out properly. Give the team time to make a proper decision. So that doesn't fit well with everyone. Before I, uh, the reason I'm asking you this question is, do you have a, who's the biggest rivalry at the moment with? 
as a Goa, uh, FC Goa fan. Do you have one? Mm, not really. I was going to say, it's not going to be ATK moving forward, is it? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, it, it has to be Mumbai. It has to be Mumbai. ATK, no, not as much. But it has to be Mumbai. But for me, we as fans, we have never had rivalries because, you know, every other club has appreciated and admired Goa. That's the thing I always find. Club. Yeah, and nobody's got yeah. a bad thing to say about your club. You don't seem to have so, any animosity. Yeah, exactly. So we are like a mind and everyone comes to find the hidden gems from us. They take it away. We seem to do the right thing and people take advantage of it. So that's the thing happening. And it's also the fact that you come from such a beautiful state that everybody wants to visit there anyway. So let's keep the friendship going. But you mentioned that you also visit uh, away uh, games as well. What's that as a fan when you go to other cities wearing that orange shirt or a white shirt or the away shirt? Uh, Kerala people have are really nice. They're welcoming. I haven't been to Kerala, but this is what my friends have told me. Bengaluru people um, not so nice. <laughs> Mumbai, Mumbai, not many people. Not many people. Uh, not many fans. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Pune, not many fans again. But you can feel the, you know, um, some sort of tension between both sides. That is the obvious reason. Yeah. That's really interesting because when I go to away games here, there's a few games, few grounds, traditionally, Asian people or, or people of um, uh, that are not English Brown would people. not, yeah, would not go to. There's a couple of grounds that you would not go to. You're asking for trouble if you go there, even now. But otherwise, when you go to uh, away games, it, it's generally okay. You don't have that, you know, sort of uh, atmosphere. Um, so it's interesting to hear from you that, you know, when you go to Bengaluru, that you find a little bit of animosity, a bit of uh, aggression. But when you yeah. go to Mumbai, and you can wear your shirt and colors quite openly, it's not a problem. But uh, in Chennai, our experience was really bad because the Torah posters, the stones were pelted on us. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah. Uh, not many, but it was what happened. And even in uh, Bangalore, um, they were like teasing us, uh, you know, some sort of uh, rowdy behavior. And yeah, some sections are always like that. I we can't blame the entire fan base. No, of course not. Of course not. And that's disappointing to hear in the ISL that that happens when we are trying to bring up football, which is not the biggest sport, but we're trying to make it into the biggest sport. That's really disappointing. There are some elements like that. Uh, but I know all of the clubs have these really passionate uh, supporters, but there is a limit. Uh, the other club that I really like talking to is the Highlanders. We had a supporter from the Highlanders and they come across as really friendly. And that's on my, uh, my bucket list is so long that I'm going to have to take a season just to watch all the games there. Um, but let's move on to the loss of Fernandes and how you think that will have an impact. What do you think of Coach Miranda, by the way? Um, uh, Derek and uh, Clifford, um, they are pretty you know, experienced with uh, going players. So I think the Goan player, players will be fully pumped and charged. They'll give their good, their best. And what about the foreign I'm players? Not, uh, the foreign players, um, he has uh, Derek has uh, you know managed the team for four or five games when Lovera left, mm. and I think he knows them. 
and I think he'll try to go with the current system. He won't make much changes. Make tweaks here and there. So I think it should be either really good or really bad. So nothing in between that. <laughs> well, it starts like I said today with a really big game against the Blasters, and if you win, you're only two points behind because the the gap isn't that big to a playoff position. And we're nearly at the halfway stage or, or are there at the moment. So what are you looking for in the rest of the season? I, I know you said it could be either really good or really bad. What's really good look like and what's really bad look like? From now, from this point of time, really good like, uh, good looks like a top four finish. Okay. And really bad looks like a bottom two or bottom three. So, yeah. Well, bottom two one's already taken. So, um it's it i'd be very very surprised with the talent that you've got um that you'd finish in the bottom two um there's a couple of teams that are struggling one is definitely going to finish in the bottom uh despite the managerial change i can't see that changing uh but you said that one thing that's missing from your team at the moment is a striker and you're looking for the team uh or the management to go out and into the transfer market uh is there any names that you think I really appreciate uh, David Williams from ATK Mohan Bagan. <coughs> only, he's going to be too expensive. Fact, yeah, only due to the fact that uh, he's from the bubble and he's already in Goa, so visa issues won't be a problem and you don't have to quarantine. It would be a smooth move. You know, but again, he's the Asian quota player, so it doesn't make sense for them to let go of him. And anybody that in the reserves or somebody that might come through? Reserves? I mean, mm. if you're looking for a striker, you have to go outside the bubble because I can't see any team selling a striker because they're a rare commodity, especially if they're hitting goals. Um, there are a lot of options for ISL, so I'm not so sh quite sure about it. But maybe yeah, we could go for Bright. It's a good option. And is, are the coaches more inclined to go towards Indian players or foreign players? In what sense? If they're going into the transfer market. See, uh, the Indian market is very saturated. Like Players are overpriced because there are a few of them. So, if you get a two times player, you know, a two times in quality in a foreign player, so I think that makes more sense to go for a foreign player because you get them for quite cheaper rate and the Indian players are just overpriced. It doesn't make sense. And who who's the uh, players that really, um, not caught your eye, but have really not impressed either, but you, you want to highlight that have done their job, as it were, this season so far? Liston, Liston Kulako. He was a reserve team captain and unfortunately... I completely blame it on Lavera for his departure because he was such a good player. So he barely had minutes and we lost him because of that whole re uh, that reason. And he is showing his potential. Yeah, that was a surprise when he was let go. But um, again, it's it's about game time. And uh, but unlike Bandita, he seems to be producing it uh, at the moment. Um, well, you know, it's been a, a absolute pleasure speaking to you and learning so much about going uh, football and especially about the Gores and um, you know I really feel for you in terms of what you've been through 
losing two top managers and the heartbreak of the penalty shootout and the two finals. But I know good times are ahead. But the main thing is that you're supporting a club that's doing it the right way. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and you're still ranked in the top four. Um, but I'm pretty certain. Uh, now that I've met you and I've heard a lot about what the going football is all about and what the Gores are all about. I'll be keeping my eye on you and hoping that you get into the playoffs because we want you back on the show uh, and talking about the playoffs and when uh, Goa get there and uh, that'll, that'll be a good finish. But for today... Yeah, likewise, mate. Uh, it was really nice talking to you and let's see what the season holds for us. Well, hopefully... And be back here. Yeah, Absolutely. be back here soon. Yeah, it starts, uh, it starts this evening, my friend. Uh, I'll be watching that game, so uh, I'm looking forward to now even more having heard you. And uh, my co-host, Nevin, won't like it. That'll be good for, uh, he's from Kerala, obviously. Uh, he's got a few all agencies, uh, but um, I'll be rooting for the Goers tonight. So, uh, But although, having said that, he loves Goa as well and what FC Goa is doing as well. So he'll have mixed feelings. It's a win-win for him. Uh, but again, thank you for your time, my friend, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on the show again. Yeah, let's hope uh, we get the three points today. See Fingers you crossed for you. Take care, my friend. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, of course. Bye.